0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the job whisperer, and I'm here with my co-host, Dave Hampton, robo-recruiter. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Yeah. yeah. Better, better than I deserve.
0: Yeah, better than I deserve, too. Exciting times in crypto, everything that's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, mat- it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. You know, it's kind of like there are two kinds of people, those that have crypt- crypto and those that will. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a certainty about that. I um. <clears throat> I'm really interested in uh, what's going to end up happening as far as the infrastructure. I mean, I know about a month ago, they actually had passed one part of the bill. And I I just, everybody's worrying, how is this going to affect crypto? And my answer was, it's not. Because if that had, the part of the bill that had passed would have taken the Bitcoin price shooting down. And it ended up going up back in uh, August. Yeah,
1: I I don't have any... uh uh inkling as, as to the correlation of one and with the other i don't think they're i don't think they're really correlated i i think that uh um i think at the end of this you know at, at, at in all this being you know everyone does what's in their best self-interest so if that means say i'm going to get into crypto because they finally see the light in terms of what it can do for them and their families and their life, then I think that's, that's the route people will take.
0: You know, the, I'm sorry, were you going to go on? Yeah, the thing about it is is that <clears throat> I was talking to my son about this, and he says, Why, why did uh, Bitcoin stay between 30 and 36,000 for like four months, right? Pretty much it did. And what I tried to explain to him, the way I saw it, see, because what I'm seeing happening is there's a discorrelation between Bitcoin and the stock market, there's a discorrelation to what's happening in politics and Bitcoin there's a discorrelation to what Elon Musk says of Bitcoin right I I've, I, I, I've always believed I'm going to say it now the only people that make money in Bitcoin or have any type of uh, wealth or relevance I'm, my words are stuck people who actually well the ones who are going to actually succeed in Bitcoin are the people that buy and hold or exchanges. And the reason exchanges make money is because, you know, the investment is ran by two emotions, fear and greed. And when Bitcoin went up to 64,000, right, in February of 2021, a lot of that was based that people were buying, uh, they were speculating on margin, right? They were putting up their Mm -hmm. Bitcoin collateral and they had more. And so what ends up happening is, is that there have been massive quick fluctuations where it went high, and the people that were short got wrecked. That's R-E-K-T. That's that's our term in the cryptocurrency. When you're foolish or you get rug pulled, you get wrecked from making unsound choices. And then people actually who bet what was going to go up. Like there was a flash crash that happened where Bitcoin went down $3,000 in an hour. So it just boomed that. And I'm not saying that the exchanges are doing that on purpose, but I could see how the exchanges would do that on purpose. And now, what you ended up happening is who has all the Bitcoin, right? Because everybody else got liquidated.
1: Institutional investors.
0: Right, right. So now, what's yeah. happening with my, the price? My and-
1: question with this is: is uh, um, can you see these calls and uh, and these puts? You know the.
0: Yes, you can. You can see. Yes, them? you can. And that's part of the manipulation, right? <clears throat> because. There is this belief that when people put massive amounts of Bitcoin on the exchanges, they're putting them there to sell. And then when... People are taking massive amounts of Bitcoin off the exchanges. They want to hodl and keep them. No, in they're buying. Right. right. So a lot of manipulation is is that some of these guys will put on like 10,000 Bitcoins, 100,000 Bitcoins. They'll put on an exchange with a sell order. People will see that and they'll freak out for the sole purpose of that will drive the price down. Then the person that put those know. on the exchange, they'll buy. Yeah. This, right?
1: But this is only on, on certain exchanges that you can see this.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I have a good friend of mine. He he calls it exchange. Effery,
1: so so okay, but okay, so you, so you got to look at this from. So if you want to see, like, if you if you have an analytical mind, you're looking, you're trying to figure out. All right, what's the pattern, right? Kind of like you know, you can do it with stocks. so You can see that. You got to go to several of these exchanges and see what's what's going on yeah, in that yeah. regard.
0: Yeah, there's a site for it. There's, there 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 are actual different sites. I I don't I can't sign up my name because that's not some place I go. Right. But that's the great thing about blockchain. It's transparent. Right. But you. See, s- yeah,
1: that's something I, did, I, I didn't know that. So, if I mean, that, that helps because then I can I can actually look at the patterns. And
0: yeah, we, we, I mean, I, I don't want to get too technical. Right. Because sometimes when I get too technical, I'm going to say something foolish or something that's kind of inaccurate or could I could fool. Or, you know, it's a bit about crypto. I, I
1: don't think it's that technical. I mean, really, I mean, I'm not I'm not an analyst when it comes to looking at stocks or anything like that, but you can you can you should be able to see some patterns. Yeah, that you can pick up. I mean, Yep. you know, I mean, you can look at the five day of the month and see kind of where it's going and where it's been. And I mean, at the end of the day, you I, I really believe you buy you buy or sell what you believe in, in terms of in your gut. I think that's what that's it, led by sentiment. Well, that here,
0: here's, here's something that, that I've picked up on my own by watching Bitcoin when I watch the 200-day moving average and the 128-day moving average, all right? And what that means for our listeners is, and if you actually have, if you go, okay, what was the average 128 days ago? Is it higher or lower? And then you go 200 days ago, is it higher or lower? If It's both higher, that means the likelihood is Bitcoin's gonna go up. And if it's lower, it means it's gonna go down. I've been watching this, and this has proved accurate, but this is not something I'm learned in, right? But actually, our next guest, our next guest is—he's an amazing guy, and and what me, what makes amazing to me is so many things. Not that you're actually uh, someone like Superman, but that you're actually somebody who actually had the deck stacked against you, and you fell down, and in spite of that, you came up through your redemption and your reinvention. And our next guest. Uh,
1: that to me is called resilience. That's like the Lombardi, right?
0: Well, you know, it's funny, you know, because I, I know I've learned so much from you. I've learned, uh, you know, you've been a great accountability officer as it comes to things like work ethic and setting goals and sticking to plans. You know, the fortitude and as stoic as you've been has been so good for me on so many levels because, you know, if if you want me to, sh- I always say this, show me your crowd and I'll show you your future. So actually just being partners with you, uh, you, you you're... You're more disciplined than me. Maybe my old age—I get soft, and I've learned. I've learned that. And and this, uh, our next guest, Manny Frazier, he actually is is somebody. You know, he uh, he's he's. I'm going to call him remarkable, right? And you know, I met him. There was a, a, a international DeFi conference, and we met. We spoke for about uh, fifteen minutes and he told me that he was a trade uh, he's a trader and he's a power lifter. Right? But then we actually he started talking about his background and how he started and you know, he didn't draw a good card starting out his life and he made some poor choices. And I'm gonna let him talk about that on his own. And now to, to what he is now and to what he's doing now, I just uh, it's admirable. So with no further ado, I would like to welcome Manny Frazier to Podcast. Welcome to a bit about crypto, Manny. Hey, what's going on, guys? Really good to see you. So, good to see you as well. What's going on with you in your life right now?
2: Um, nothing. Just realistically, I uh, just moved. Uh, we just got a new house, from, so we're from, living there. From, um, from where to where? Uh, well, I live, so I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Um, so we moved from Scarborough, and we moved to like a little, like not well, not a little house, but it's a a house out in Bowmanville, which is like a it's like the sticks.
0: Okay. Much. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, how many square feet is your house?
2: Uh what, like, I want to say 1,500, 1,600.
0: And how many bedrooms? Three bedrooms. Uh huh. And what yeah. your, do you know what year it was built? It's about 50 years old. 50 year old house.
2: And yeah, the and lot it, size is like, was it? Uh, I think it's like 50 by 120. So the lot size is bigger.
0: What's 50 by 120 mean?
2: The lot size. So, like, uh, big, it's, Really long, very near, and just a bit narrow.
0: So lot size is like in California. It's the land. It's the the land. The, the plots. The plot. Yeah, the
2: plots. Yeah.
0: Okay. I still don't understand, but we're going to move on, right? Because I I'm going <laughs> to confuse all the listeners. Just, it's, yeah. So
1: it's just pretend like you're you're is drawing, it 50, a, is drawing it, is a box. It fifty feet 50
0: by two hundred feet.
1: It's fifty by yeah yeah. Okay. By by one twenty. Yeah. yeah. So one side, oh, 120, yeah. One side, 50, 50, 120, right? All right? So 120, right, 50,
0: 120. Yeah. All right, well, you like it. I love it. Sounds like 7,000 <laughs> Sounds like 7,000 square feet to me. That's, yeah. Well,
2: my kids love it, so that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, well good. And how old are your kids?
2: Uh, my youngest, I still have three kids. Uh, first one's 4, 2, and then we have a uh uh, eleven-month-old turning twelve months in a couple of days.
0: So, is anybody getting any sleep in that house?
2: Yeah, yeah, Me and my wife to sleep every day because uh, <laughs> uh, we we sleep trained them. This is a whole other thing, but we sleep trained them. They're good. Good for you, uh, man. Good yeah, for you. Sleep's not a, sleep's not an issue.
1: That that means you put that eleven-month-old down at six thirty, and he's not getting up till six thirty.
2: Yeah, she's, she's, well, she, so she gets she, down, she goes down at 6.30, She wakes up one more time at like nine. Yeah. And then she's Nurse. down for the rest of the night. Yeah.
1: I, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, David has four, four kids at home under 12. I got,
1: I got four kids, yeah. So, oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. 12, uh, 10, 8, 5 this year. Oh,
0: so you understand. And I have yeah. two, I have two kids at, uh, at home under 25. <laughs> <laughs> I, got 20, them I got 25 and a 22 year old. I'm so blessed to have them. Right. Oh, that's good. Tara and Dylan, I love you both so much. So anyhow, um, yeah, so Manny, uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you. So where'd you grow up? Talk about the circumstances, like, you know, entering the world to say high school.
2: I was I like to say, like when I I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, so majority of my time I grew up, I I wouldn't say inner city, but it was like, uh, not the best neighborhoods grew up. Uh, the only stability that i had was my school my mom moved, we moved around a lot when we were kids and the stability i had was the one school that i went to and then everything else is kind of just shifting uh there was a lot of things that happened between par- my parents not gonna get into that but like they pretty much like they were always in and like my mom my dad was always in and out and then uh as i continued growing older uh there was a lot of things that happened that led me down the wrong path. Like you, when you have a lack of a father father figure, uh, you're making decisions, a lot of the music that you're listening to, friends, all that stuff. Um, so by the time I was like 12, 13, like started engaging in like different types of acts, uh, drinking, smoking, all that stuff. Uh, and then you start going in, then you start robbing people, and you start going into like stealing and doing that stuff. Uh, by the time I was like, 14, 15, I was selling drugs in school and also just stealing. And then I got caught. Uh went to then I got tra- transferred to a different school, kind of changed my behavior, hanging out with the right crowd again, uh, playing sports. Um, uh, my mom took me to church. So we started hanging out with uh started hanging out with those kids as well. Um then as I progressed as my into my adulthood, like my preteen age, that's where it kind of got uh shifted again because i was going to school i dropped out of school and then i just started working and at the, that time i was just completely greedy i want to say i would i would say i was completely greedy like i i, I only like the things i like I always tell people like the things i know now i wish someone was able to sit down with me and tell me about it earlier because i'd be so much further but that's we say that like everyone says that right yeah um so when i was about 18 started working uh and a retail as a retail salesperson i became one of the, actually the top sales people in canada at this uh this footwear chain and it was cool that was a that was a great thing but then i wanted to go back to school because i'm like okay i want to i, I want to go to school you know like the whole thing about go to school get a good job all that stuff so i'm like okay I gotta go to school once again i wish someone talked to me differently um went to school and then i kind of associated with the raw with the, the the same crowd that i was with before like birds of a feather flock together you find you're talking
0: people. about the bad influence crowd Is what bad influence okay crowd. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You, you find these people right like America, yes. I always, I always yeah
0: water think. falls yeah. to its own yeah, level they tend to find yeah. you
1: if you're not careful yeah. kind yeah. of thing yeah
2: exactly right like I'm, I'm, I'm already smoking i'm already drinking i'm selling drugs in school and i'm like i'm like teetering on either side right like doing a little bit of column A, doing a little column B. But you're then, you're uh, a
0: good guy, but you just can't shake that bad boy in. Susceptible to exactly. these things, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, so then, as I uh, as I went to college, uh, the guy I met was like a professional criminal. He was actually my next door neighbor, and there's I mean, some good so, news. Yeah, right. I remember. I, I remember I met him. I, so I, I want to say like this: I spent the entire year, um, the year before, playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And just thinking about opportunities to be able to rob and do everything, and I'm like, man, I wish I had this opportunity. All you can like, and I was like, okay, whatever. I come back the next year. I meet someone that literally is out of San Andreas, like literally, like yeah, okay. So I don't want to talk too much, get too deep into everything I did, but like, pretty much it was ended up becoming a thing of uh we pulled off a lot of crimes. uh Let's just say there's a lot of home invasions, a lot of different stuff like that, and. Lo, lo and behold like a couple of the people that knew me before were like you're a hustler you're a guy that you're a guy that gets money but this isn't this isn't you right and at the end of the day it started off with like low crime stuff like uh like this person has drugs steal it from them and then it became uh oh this person just has money and it's like eventually you're at a point where like there's a difference between like there's honor among thieves like there's a difference between stealing from someone that's a thief and then stealing from someone that's just an innocent person. And it got to the point where you're just dealing with people that are innocent people. Uh, From there, there was, like, a lot of other stuff. We ended up, like, from that time, we ended up getting into, like, several different home invasions. He ends up getting arrested later on. I end up continuing with school, but I'm still selling drugs. I'm still doing everything. But I'm realizing that, like, my life has to kind of change. Because the funny thing is, like, I'm in school uh, at the time for a child and youth worker, which is, like, a working with kids and youth and Bettering society, and trying to guide, Meanwhile, trying to guide him off. The,
1: uh, yeah, trying
0: to guide him in the into the right path, right? The path, yeah, the, the path. Yeah, yeah,
2: and then at night time, I'm making, I'm making society
1: worse. So it's, like, it makes sense, right? So um, you're,
0: you're a good guy, other than the weekend crime habit.
1: Yeah, it's a complete exactly. irony
0: complete irony. Yeah, no, hey, irony what i do on my own time is my own yeah, business cut, yeah yeah yeah
2: and i was like i was 20 i was like i was 20 something at the time so the irony was starting to get to me right because i'm like man this makes no sense yeah
1: in, uh, in the uh, in the psychology world they call that cognitive dissonance
2: yes yeah because you, you kind of turn you turn yourself off to one way and then you turn yourself off to the other way right and it probably comes with the like the factor of me being compartmentalized things yeah. and be able to put things in like all right, this means this, this means this, this means this.
1: Exactly. Anyways,
2: um, fast forward the following year in school, I actually ended up getting arrested. And this is like, I'm in college and university. I'm getting arrested. Uh, the, uh, they felt, the cops found me for the crimes I did the year before. Uh, ended up having to leave school again, but I was on bail for three and a half years. I started making positive changes in my life, started doing different, uh, started volunteering, doing different stuff, but I was on bail. Uh, by the time the three years were done, they sentenced me to four and a half years in prison. So from there, I was like, all right, well, I have four and a half years where I'm just going to be incarcerated. So at at that time I was, you know, I remember I was driving with my friend and he said, how are you feeling? I said, I just want it to be tomorrow because I I said tomorrow, at least I'll know what the heck today brings. Right. And that's, and that's, that's all I
0: Let me just ask a question. While you yeah. were on bail for three and a half years, you said you started doing good things mm-hmm. and be on be, be, be honest with me about this. Were you doing good things because you, you wanted goodness in your heart? You had an epiphany or are you doing good things because you wanted to impress whatever authorities would actually uh, sentence you?
1: Um,
2: it's actually the, the, the lot, it was the first, like I actually wanted to do good things, right? Like, the like the funny thing like after that year of like like where I just like, straight like dark side, <laughs> I would say that um, I had I threw a charity barbecue, and everything that I had I donated to that barbecue, and then I gave all the funding to that barbecue to kids like kids that were in my neighborhood to get them to uh, youth camp. And so, like, wow. like genuinely, I want. To
0: wow.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, and it's, 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 I know it's one of those things where you genuinely, like, I need to change my life. And it's like you have these opportunities where they come up in your life, and it's like, you, you're like, I'm the type of guy who, like, I will take risks that are very big, but the risks that I was taking at the time when I was 20, those are dumb risks. Those weren't helping me. Those yeah, they're, they're me.
0: not asymmetric positives. Yeah, they're not high reward. Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. Like there was like and there, the, the reward in itself was like it's just fast money, but it's like it's stupid, right? And it kind of all lingers around the same thing. I could have like easily said, No, I don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, it's like, Well, what's the worst thing that can happen? You take some liquid courage, you go. Um so when I got, after I got arrested, out there went to prison, I spent four and a half years inside, incarcerated, went from maximum security prison for six months, medium for a year and a half. And then I was, got denied parole because well, they said- Hold, well, stop, stop, stop.
0: Yeah. And so in, in, in California, in the United States, I think every United States, except for Alaska, you actually, when yeah. you go to prison, you actually segregate by race. Is it the yeah. same thing in Canada? No, no.
2: It's all, they don't care about that.
0: Okay. So how was yeah. your, how was your behavior in prison?
2: Behavior was like some like eh, it was not bad. It well, obviously,
0: because you went from max to medium, you know, yeah. so obviously it was
2: good enough. It was good enough to get me out. Let's just. OK, so actually, let's say that this my behavior was great. Actually, I should say that, that my behavior was great, like as far as an inmate standard could be. When I got when it got time for parole, this is how I messed up our system is Um, because my behavior going into prison was good. OK. They, I did all my testing and they said, you don't need to do any sort of, uh, you don't need to do any sort of, pro- there's no correction. So just spending time. So there's no program.
0: So because you had no vocational or any of that stuff, they said, yeah, this guy uh, doesn't get it. He's, uh, he's, he's lazy. He's lackadaisical. He's continues well, to. It's have-
2: not that it was literally it was the because opposite the fact that there was like, they call these, they call these corrective programming. Right. So when, they, so when they put you in, when you get incarcerated in Canada, they have these corrective programs where, let's say, for instance, you're an alcoholic, right? They're going to do a drug abuse yeah, he, uh, program. So if you, like if you're uh, if you're a violent offender, then you're going to do a violence program. But there's a testing that needs to be done. So it's like, how do you react when you do this? How do you react when you do that? Right. So, now, so when I did the testing.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah. just, just so, so I'm clear. So it's it's you were doing good things. And they're like, yeah, you don't really need any corrective programming
0: because you You got it. Yeah.
2: But see that, that actually, actually messed me up when I went to parole. Cause then they're like, Oh, you didn't do any programming. Yes,
0: programming. Speak about that. Speak about that thing.
2: Right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about that. So what ended up happening as, as, as as it led up to parole, I was actually on something called UTAs. So I was actually going to like doing scared straight stuff. Right. Like what what
0: is the acronym UTA?
2: UTA is, uh, it's like a temporary release with the guard. Okay. Chaperone. right? right so, Like, it. I'm with the prison guard going to like group homes, going to high schools and talking to kids. Right. And I'm, it's like, wow, this is amazing. This is on my record. It's like, okay, I may get out. No, they didn't care. It's like, how can you send me out to go talk to kids and tell them about like my my story, what I did for a positive reaction, and then tell me I haven't changed and the same person? And like, well, you, you didn't do any programs. So because you didn't do any programs, then you're. We don't, we don't feel. And the funny thing is I had a job lined up. So getting out, I had actually had a, a job lined up in the community with, and the boss actually knew it was a friend. It was a friend of a friend. I had a place to live with my parents. Obviously it was the stabili- There was stability and everything they said at the end was like, well, you're, you haven't really corrected yet. And it's like, okay. So I ended up going so, to minimum. So
1: bogus, man. That's so bogus.
2: Oh yeah. It's at, at that, at the end of the day, I just looked at. It, I'm like, there's absolutely nothing I can do at this point. So now I'm spending the next four and a half. I'm spending four and a half years. At that time, it was two years. So it was another year and a half in a minimum security. In the minimum security, at the time, I was actually. Uh, so the interesting story, the most interesting story that happened in prison was that's actually how I started talking to my wife now, uh, who ended up becoming my girlfriend while I was in prison, I ended up, we weren't going up before. And you know how, when you're when you're incarcerated, you have nothing but time. So if you can woo the right person, you woo the right person. So I was able to woo my wife at the time. And uh, I was able to do a lot of stuff when I was incarcerated that, it was funny. Like I was able to provide her with a car, I was able to provide her with all these different things from earning money inside. So like, uh, when I got to minimum, they had this thing called work release. So I got to work release, got to work in an Apple orchard work ethic, all that stuff, like I was still working, right? By the time that ended up coming out, I spent the four years thinking about the one thing I'm going to do when I get out. And I said, I want to be a personal trainer and I want to be a manager and I want to be able to hire people that have the that pretty much are in the same situation that just want just need the right place to fit in.
0: Hold right? on a second. Stop. Stop. Before we get there, yeah. when you when you sat in jail, penitentiary, whatever it was, mm-hmm. And you reflected on your behavior. Right. Yeah. So it, 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 I, 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 I'm actually proud of this because, you know, I, I behaved in a similar way in 20 and I actually had to be sat down in a county jail. And I really looked around and I said, if you keep behaving this way, these are going to be the, the, the colleagues of your life. Right. You, you, if yep. You continue to behave this way, then lower companionship will be your bedfellow. Right. Yep. That's just what it's going to be. <clears throat> and yep. and I'm proud of that today, because when I left in 1985 and I left, I remember everybody said, do you want to ride? I said, 1985. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But I, I remember walking and everybody said, you want to ride? I said, no, I'm walking and it because I let you out at two thirty in the morning. Right. And I, I because they want they don't want to let you out at the same time they let the women out for the obvious yeah. reasons. Right. Yeah, and I just I started walking and I kept walking and I kept walking because I had this freedom. I realized that just the ability to not be in a box. Right. And yeah. I didn't realize it then, but I knew that there was substance abuse that was part of the procuring cause. Right. I mean, I didn't get in trouble every time I drank and drugged, but every time I but but every time I did get in trouble, there was drugs and alcohol involved. Right. And I, I mean, I have since like removed and the, the, I, I don't participate in any of that in any form anymore because I, it just doesn't agree with me. And it never did. <clears throat> I'm asking you, did you look back at alcohol and substance abuse as part of the causation of your thought process? Uh,
2: Yes, because uh, like when you look at al- when I look at alcohol at the time, like it's you're also in college. So like I think everyone that almost every single person that goes to college and parties end up becoming some sort of alcoholic in, in that in that time frame and i look at it and it's like what does it make you do well you go party you go sleep with a bunch of different women but let's say for instance that you end up having the uh aspect of someone saying hey you want to go do this and you're like
0: manny sure. something's pounding something's pounding
2: that's me okay uh, they're doing renovation in my house
0: oh okay i thought that yeah. was, i thought it was you doing the pounding like boom Boom! Like,
2: <laughs> I'm so upset. No, no, no. So, um, They're doing it, renovation in the basement where we are. Uh, uh, we're building a basement basement apartment, so people can live in there. I'm
0: I'm sorry. I got a key from my engineer, and he says ah, it's him. So, yeah, continue yeah. on.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so I realized that like the drugs and the alcohol, you eventually got to a point where you're taking so much that it doesn't really do anything anymore, right? Like, for instance, like I was, there, there's a point in my life where I was smoking so much weed that I wasn't getting high anymore. I was always high. Right. I would be my lifestyle was people would come to my window, come to my door at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And people would want drugs. So I'd be up all the time. But I'd also never be really like fully aware. I was always yeah. intoxicated with something. What it was the, getting high or smoke? Or I, I think
0: that's called the marijuana maintenance program.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because and essentially at a certain point you're like you need it, right? I wake up in the morning, I smoke. I go to sleep at night, I smoke. Middle of the day, I smoke. <laughs> I go to work, I was functioning. <laughs> the, my,
0: Sounds my, like like you like you and Snoop and Dr. Dre would just get along just fine, yeah. right? Oh yeah, that, smoke I mean, weed every day.
2: Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, yeah, the Chronic Two Thousand, <laughs> uh, that album was. Oh, uh, amazing album for
1: me. <laughs> no, I <I'm> bet. Like, <laughs> I bet it's a it's a good album. In ba- itself,
2: ba- I bet, based yeah. on
0: this part of your resume, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. On
2: this. Yeah. This part of my resume. Yes. And it, when you look at it, it's like that entire time in my life, I literally was just doing that.
0: So tell oh. me, tell me how you reparented the idea about uh, ingestion of alcohol and drugs into yourself.
2: So. I remember it was before, even before I went to prison, I, I I remember I was going for a run and it was a 10 kilometer run, which is roughly about like a 7.5 mile run. And I remember at the end of the run, I was dying and I'm like, I don't run, but I was like, I don't like feeling like this. So health reasons. And I looked at it. One of the things that actually got me to stop drinking and smoking so much was actually health reasons. Cause I, I looked at it and I said, eventually I'm going to have to quit. Like this is how and this is my mindset. Eventually I'm gonna have to quit this. Why not quit now? And I was like 20, I was 21 at the time. So I'm like, okay, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, and I started picking up health, like running and exercising and whatnot. And then from there, um I remember I was just like it the the feeling of wanting to do it never made sense. And like I identified my triggers. A lot of my triggers were, like, for smoking was I get in my car and I drive, I would pick up, like, I used to smoke Captain Blacks, right? And I'd pick up a pack of Captain Blacks and I'd smoke an entire pack on my drive, right? Or i smoke two at least. So one while I'm leaving, while I'm leaving the city, and then another one while I enter a city. So I found that, like, these are triggers, right? I'm leaving the city, I want to smoke Captain Blacks. I'm entering the city, I want to smoke another Captain Blacks right? I get out of my car. I want to smoke a Captain Blacks before I go inside my house. So I'm, I'm noticing where are my trigger points? I go to the club. What, what's the number one thing you want to do? You drink, you go upstairs, and I'd smoke. So a lot of these areas that I noticed are like, these are areas where, I, where I'm triggering. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop. So I actually had to, I was a club promoter at the time. I had to stop promoting the clubs. So I'm like, this makes no sense. I'm showing up here. I can't go smoke. I, I can't drink because that triggers my smoking. And it's like, all right, well, and like at the time, I was still smoking weed, but then even that got to less and less and less because, like I said, it's like it's just how much weed can you smoke to a point where you're not, you're just like you're not, you're not feeling good anymore, right? So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bother with
0: it. Yeah, thank, th- no, thank you so much for that. I mean, really, I, I the humility and the vulnerability that you you talk about that that's uh, yeah. I, I applaud the courage. So you get out of prison and you decide you're going to be a physical trainer. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Actually. uh, So what ended up happening, I got out and uh, I moved to the nation's capital. So in in Canada, the nation's capital is Ottawa. So I moved to Ottawa. Uh, That's where my girlfriend was at the time, who's my wife now. Uh, She was going to school, university there. So I'm not going to go far away from my girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, So I go there. I get I get released there. I'm on parole there. And which is also funny because the only person that's there is my my girlfriend, my wife at the time. So they would rather release me to an unknown place where I don't know anyone, and my risk for reoffense is actually higher than release me on parole, like early parole, early release to my hometown with my family and a job that's secure. But I'm not—I'm not the government. I'm the parole board. I don't make decisions. Yeah, you're trying—you're anyway. trying to make
1: sense out of the government and the way they do things, man. Good luck.
2: Right? Oh yeah, it makes no sense. So, anyways, I move out to Ottawa. Uh, i at first i was just i was working at a car wash i got the night I, I didn't get the job so i was like working at a car wash and then my my girlfriend said well you can do this and i said okay i'm gonna do this so i started i started doing something right i just started putting out ads started doing something then i applied for this big chain gym that didn't hire me at first uh and ended up getting the job and it was pretty cool it's actually all orchestrated like i went for the interview for another job position and they said well what do you want to be like i want to be a trainer like i want to be a personal trainer they're like okay you're hired I got, I got the job on the spot i became one of the top personal trainers in the company i moved back to toronto a year later uh cause my, my girlfriend was done school she moved back to toronto i moved back to toronto like six months after her i became a manager at the of, the, of a club got to hire actually one of my one of my old uh one of my old cellmates actually got to hire him he, he got released. And he was like, needed a job. I actually got to hire him. So one of the things that I wanted to do when I was inside that I thought about, I was actually able to do. Um, so this all leads into like, as I continue growing, I get married to my, I get married to my wife. Um, and then we have a kid. So this is now 2017. At the time I was investing, I was, I just got into, I remember I was making a lot of money at the time. Uh, and then I was like, I need to do something with my money. So I, I talked to my wealthy clients. What do you do with your money? And they're like, Oh, I just saved it and put it in RSPs. I'm like, sure. All right. So that's a retirement fund. I'm like, sure. I'm like, who's your finance? Like, let me meet your financial planner and whatever. So I meet the financial planner and start doing all that stuff. And like I said, I wish I had the knowledge I did now because I would be so much further. It's like just so many different times. Manny, I'm
0: like, I'm Manny. Further. So yeah. does everybody. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody. I wish I could go back and talk to that 18 year old. Right. And here's the thing. I got to say, you can tell a kid, just can't tell him much. Right. Oh, yeah. Because exactly. that's the way it is. So I guess we're going to come to this now. So this is I always ask at this part of the show, how I, th- I think you're about to touch on it. How did crypto find you?
2: Uh, that's exactly what I'm about to touch about. So I am mean, uh, my wife, me, and my wife pregnant. She has her first kid. I've invested into uh, I started I'm sitting I started at a new club um, sitting in my office. And I read Tony Robbins' book. It's like The Money Magic or something like that. It's not about money. And I was like, I, I really wanted to learn about investing. Like, I need to learn about investing. So I started off investing into stocks because that's what Warren Buffett said, invest in the S P 500. So I invested in the Vanguard s and i 500. And I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm trading. I think I'm doing stuff. I'm sitting in my office. And then January of 2017, one of my friends who's a miner decided to throw a free crypto course. And talk about cryptocurrency and i remember hearing about it but not really understanding anything and i'm like sure whether like i always hear people making fun of him because he's talking about it i'm like i'm willing to i'm willing to hear about it but i just finished reading a book called generations and it's more of a so it's a sociological book that talks about like 100 year gaps and how man exists and how man moves forward so at the time i was, I was ready to hear about crypto like i was very ready so I'm sitting down and he's talking about blockchain technology and Bitcoin and crypto and Ethereum and all this different stuff. And I'm like, this makes so much sense. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in. And literally that, that time I, I downloaded my first Coinbase. I threw a hundred dollars in. I like, I was, so, I was so this is this is
0: January of 17,
2: January of 17. So, yeah. so
0: Bitcoin's around 600 bucks. So god. Right? Like yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So and. At the time, I didn't understand the pair of bulkness. I didn't understand any of the things. I didn't understand uh, how mark, how, how trading view worked or anything. All I understood is that I should invest into this. So I put $100. And then you you, you know what happens next. 2017, bull market.
0: I do indeed.
2: <laughs> right? And I'm like, huh, this doubled. I threw some more money in. Doubles. And then, and then I end up buying like almost every other week. I'm buying in. Eventually, I have more money in my crypto portfolio than my stock portfolio. I'm investing in the ICO. Whoa, 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 whoa. stop, like, stop,
0: stop! What what yeah. month in 2017 is the enlightened financial wizard Manny Frazier, having this conversation? That hey, I'm balling in crypto and I'm stagging in uh, the stock exchange. I want to know when in 2017, huh? June
2: of 2017.
0: Okay, so June of two thousand ten. so so Bitcoin's around 3,000 bucks on its way up.
2: Around $3,000. Yeah. yeah, right before it comes down and then it does the
0: move. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So June of
2: 2017 I realized that I actually bought uh, ant shares in August of 20
0: So you're you're you've you, you you've 30x you've 30x on your first $100 purchase.
2: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then also like if you think about it, like I bought ant shares at $4. And that weekend it went to it t- it turned into neil and shot up to fifty dollars and i'm like, like looking at crypto i'm like wow this is this is next level and I, but the thing is i still didn't understand anything right and the people i was trading with the people i was investing with they were emotional and i i, I know i know that i know this now and at the time i just thought they know more right so i'm like okay so I'm I'm looking at I'm reading, I'm trying to figure out what to do. I think I'm I think I'm trading, but I'm really just spot trading. I think I'm investing, but I'm really just I'm in, I am investing, but I didn't understand trading.
0: You're gambling. You're gambling, and it just seems to be working out, correct? Pretty so, much. Yeah.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Oh, what's that? Oh, Joe Biden's finally on. Oh my gosh!
0: Okay, this is an apolitical show, so let's uh, let's keep going.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. I, I had the I had the thing on, and I started hearing it, and I'm like, "What the heck?" That was news from the morning, anyways. Um, so it goes into 2017, and then uh, what ends up happening? We end up doing, we end up going through all the stuff. End up going to ICOs. I got I, I got Icon. I got all these different ICOs. Everything is 2017 things are going up 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 and there's like no wrong. I liquidate my my stock portfolio, throw it into crypto, I liquidate my RSPs, I buy miners and I'm full into crypto in 2017. And then uh, I end up getting a job I end up getting a job offer as a day trader going into 2018 right And like I said my boss at the time didn't fully understand the way that I like what, what the way the market works.
0: So whoa whoa, like, whoa, t- whoa 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 hold on a second, this is twenty eighteen. I want to know where you were looking at your portfolio in February first of two thousand and eighteen. I want to I want to, I want to hear that part of the story. Okay, you, so you, we're you, there, you so. don't get to go up 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 and then just like sign to ba ba ten years yeah. and, you know ba 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 said he sold. So it. here's what happened.
2: Right. And, yes. and, and so as I, I secure this job that literally pays me. The same amount I was making as a manager at the gym and more. So I secured everything to work for this guy. And because he had crypto gains, I was like, okay, sure. So I'm like, crypto's the, crypto's the way, but I didn't fully understand the four year cycle. I didn't understand any of the, like, I didn't know how to, I still was learning.
0: So, so you so, weren't reading any type of Fibonacci's or Wyckoff? You didn't, none of I was that. Doing
2: na- I was doing naked charts.
0: Okay, got it.
2: Right. Like, got I was doing naked charts and I was like, okay. Like, and I was a bit understanding, like the things I, like I said, So for our audience, now, for
0: our audience, when he's basically what he's doing is he's doing naked shorts. He's putting up all the cash assets that he has because he's certain that this is the way it's it's a form of Russian roulette. I just want yeah, our audience much. to understand it, what a naked shortage. Go on.
2: At that point. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, for instance, like Cardano, I bought Cardano at 10 cents and sold it at $1. thirty, And just because it wasn't Bitcoin. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, Sure. And this is like going backwards to like 2017. So I saw Cardano. I'm, I'm like, bye. And then it just something about that. When I when I analyze it now, it makes sense. But something about that time made no sense. And it's because in January, everyone was so euphoric, and I was euphoric too. And everyone I was hanging around with. So it was like it was like a party. And then in February of 2018, I started my I started working for the company, the crypto company. And everyone said the same thing. It's just a little dip it will come back up don't worry okay i bought some more miners i I offloaded some more stuff uh we just recently we're we're getting ready to move we just took a vacation my wife gets pregnant again uh we took a vacation to cuba we do a bunch of other stuff i'm working for the company now the funniest thing that happened was that as 2018 is going The crypto market and that company were tied and synonymous. So you can only imagine that the emotions in that office, as the market continued into 2018, as the market continued going down, it's like, okay, it should just, it should eventually come back up. It should eventually come back up. It should eventually come back up. And at the time, I'm learning from Tika Tawari about like everything he's talking about, like, oh, just the, the market will retrace, the market will retrace. But once again, talking from an investment point of view, not a trading point of view. Um, so At the time, I'm doing trading and investing. We had a couple good months, but a lot of the months were bad because everyone was spot trading. So there's, there's an issue right there.
0: Hold on a second. I, hold on a second. I want to talk to my audience. <clears throat> so yeah. Tico Tawari, <clears throat> he's one of these guys <clears throat> who says, "I called this, I called that," right? Yeah. But you got to pay him money for his selections. Okay. I've yeah. never, I've Paul never, Beach. I've never trusted him. All right. I mean, yeah. I just, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like people that actually have those models. And if you're, yeah. if you're new in Bitcoin or new to crypto, like most of the people in this audience are, don't call people up and pay them to actually tell you how to invest. Period. No, it's true, right? And I,
2: I, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Clubhouse. I do, I do a podcast. I do so many things. I tell people, I'm like, listen, everything I do is for free, because at the end of the day, there should be information going out. Right. When it comes to, like, more advanced stuff, yeah, that stuff paid, but if someone's just telling you to buy something, that's not, like, I'm not telling you anything special. Like, go look at this coin and do your own research. Okay. Okay, so, thank you. <laughs>
0: okay, so, come back. So, you're working at the firm, right? And, and, yep. and, you know, it'll come back up, it'll come back up, it'll come back, and to, to Tico's credit, from an investment point of view, he is correct. It he will correct. come back up. Bitcoin yeah. has always come back up, so has the stock yeah. market, right? If you can yeah. wait, if your $20,000 per Bitcoin investment that went down to 3000 and you can wait two and a half years at three thousand, yeah. and it went up to sixty four. So he wasn't wrong, yeah. right? So he you was know, not wrong.
2: But imagine now running a company as a and and so here's the next problem: imagine running a company and all the money is in Bitcoin. as yeah. it's going down. Yeah.
0: So yeah, basically, your 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 asset is depreciated by eighty five percent.
2: Your asset's depreciating, and you're paying people
0: by eighty five percent.
2: Yeah, and it's like, and eventually, it's, it got to a point where he's like if the market doesn't turn, I'm going to have to either like everyone's got to to take like work for free or like, we're going to have to shut down the company. And it's like, well, I guess this is, I guess this is it. So anyways, uh, this is that, that's, uh, August of 2018. Okay. uh, Yeah. So,
0: so, so then what, what, what happens with your, your crypto life then and how you start making a living to present time. Um,
2: So I'm, I'm still, I'm still in crypto. I'm still investing. I'm still mining. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in terms of cash flow the one thing i realized like i wrote some articles and i wrote some things during that time as an as an investor just sitting there and having time to think about this and i'm like the one thing i need is cash flow i need i need a lot of cash flow so i'm not touching my investment because that's the number one issue it's, like i realized that I'm like if i don't have cash flow coming in then i start touching my investment and then when i start touching my investment then if the market's going down it's pretty much you're reduplicating so I'm, like i have Let's say I have a lot of years experience training, like training, physically training people. So I'm like, I want to start a new career, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get paid anywhere else that's going to pay me like a physical trainer. So I just went back to be doing that for cash flow reasons. Um, fast forward into uh, going fast forward. So as we continue to 2018, I get back in the gym. I continue working out, but I'm still investing in dollar cost averaging into cryptocurrency. But I said I need to learn how to trade. I need to learn how to read. The, I need to learn how to read the charts. I need to understand more about what's happening because I just got rocked and taken for something, and I have no clue what happened. I still believe in crypto. I'm still mining. I still I'm still doing everything, but I need to understand that because that makes no sense. I'm not taking to advantage of again. Um, so as we progress into 20, uh, 2018, 2019, I'm just dollar cost averaging, you know, 2019, we go up to like 13,000. And we come back down, uh, as 20. Uh, 2020 was rearing. I knew that the happening was coming and I knew that the market's about to pull up again. So I was getting excited. Hold on
0: a second. So for our audience, I don't think this has been brought up on any of my podcasts. He's talking about the happening and yeah. it's specific to Bitcoin. I mean, there's probably other happenings in other blockchains, there but is. what ends up happening is, is that every four years, approximately, right? There's a happening. Whereas the amount of Bitcoins that could be mined is cut in half. Right. Yeah. So at first it was twenty five uh, bitcoins uh, uh, a minute. Is it every ten minutes? Sorry, twenty five bitcoin yeah. every ten minutes. Right. Then it went to the happening. Right. That came in uh, two thousand sixteen. Brought it to twelve. Two thousand fourteen. Uh, no sixteen. Oh yeah, 2000, Yes, 2012, 2016. Yeah, yeah 2000s. Yep. Don't argue with the host. I'm yeah. kidding. It's just it's like, like the Olympics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then it, it was. Like, the, it's just like the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. 2012, right? Then the first one, the 2016, right? Because remember, Bitcoin has its inauguration, right? It's yep. Genesis 2008, and now yeah. what happens? All the miners throughout the world. There can only be uh, 12 and a half bitcoins per every 10 minute block, right? Yeah. And now it's now recently. Now six, it's six, point, six six and a quarter. Six
1: and a quarter. Yeah, six and a quarter.
0: Right. And so really, that and that 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 uh, embraces the concept of the scarcity. So that's yeah, uh, no, know, no, know, which is interesting demand because
1: demand. because because you're doing you're doing just as much work for less production.
0: Right. And and Pretty that much. that the design, that's because the whole thing about Bitcoin is the market demand is higher and the ability to get it is lower. And that's that's how Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper talks about yeah. uh, keeping it. It's the only. It's a pristine acid. It's the only That's acid. That's
1: what makes it uh, uh, pristine. precious. Pristine, right? pristine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so anyhow, so, you're, you have, so go on, Manny.
2: So, yeah, the ha- so I knew 2020, the happening was coming up. So I'm getting excited. And at the time, it's also like you, you heard about in 2019, remember, you're hearing summer of 2019, you started hearing about this corona thing happening in China and all this stuff. And you, no one's paying attention to that. But I was paying attention to cryptocurrency. I'm like, oh well, we're about to go.
0: I didn't hear about it. I didn't hear about it or care about it until really Thanksgiving of 19. That's yeah. It. And, so, it, and it was happening someplace else.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's how I saw it. In 20, I remember a summer playing because I was still working, as a trainer. So you're hearing about you're always reading health articles and hearing about stuff. And I remember it coming up, but it's not, it's not, it was not something to think about. And so going into uh I just knew I had to learn. That's I was focused on. I was focusing on learning how to trade and I was working on opening a gym and doing some other stuff. But when 2020 came and everything shut down, literally I was like, I was like fresh boat out of water. I couldn't do anything. I, I had to, I had to do something to provide for my family. But at this point now it's like I was stripped away from my job because the gyms are closed. There's nothing really I can do. And everyone's at an all time high of fear. Right. Because like, People thought they were going to die uh, if they breathed. If someone breathed on them, they thought they were going to die. So, anyways, we're here, and I'm like, okay, I need to learn. So, I actually associate myself, started learning how to trade, started learning how to read the market, started learning how to do all this stuff. And as we progressed into 2020, I started kept on learning to the point where, like, I know what I'm doing now where i'm very confident that like when i'm looking at the charts that i can make money off of it and not only can i make money off of it i can make the money that i need off of it and that's what's so fun off of it now because now i went from a place of scarcity where i was like oh like uh i don't know if i can make money off of this to, yeah i can make money off this and i'm comfortable with making money off of this right and it's not my investment it's now it's not it's my trading right my investment still doesn't get touched 'Cause my investments is like my long term holds, right? That that might might take more time. And like I, I get I get some I always get like like these long term holds that go up like twenty X or thirty X I find them before they move. But I gotten better at that as well. Like trading and understanding how to read charts has gotten better at that too. Cause you're looking for the same thing.
0: Um Well, talk about talk about how a good trader and a good investor knows when to do nothing. Hey, I missed this. I'm yeah. I, I'm not gonna try and catch up. And I and I know Talk about it.
2: Oh yeah. So sometimes it's like it's called sitting. I call it sitting on your hands, right? So like sometimes you're you're watching something. It's like okay. So I think you got we talked you talked about before what between uh, May and um,
0: June of 2017. No, this year. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: May of May and July actually, May to July, we're, where we're between, there was really nothing you can do as a trader between you can,
0: 32 like, and 37.
2: Yeah, you can literally take a couple thousand pips here and there, but like you weren't taking any swings, okay? And this is where it's like... Going,
0: going sideways. Going yes, sideways. Going it's sideways, the worst work, thing for a trader. Sideways. Right.
2: Yeah. So all you can really do at that point is, and I'll tell every single person that, I con- that was con- in contact I contacted me, I said, all you can do at this point is buy. And they're like, wait, why? I'm like, because when it's going sideways for trading, it kind of like, it's, it's not useless, but it's also like, It's not the funnest thing because it's like, all right, it's going up. Oh, it's going back down. You can't hold these trades for long. Uh, But for investing purposes, this is where dollar cost averaging is probably your best thing because you have what's called accumulation, right? And that was an accumulation cycle. It was just accumulating. And you could tell it was accumulating because when it started going sideways, it was never breaking that certain point, that 29000 And it just kept on going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And it's like, that was your time. So a lot of people that were I was talking to, they got to invest during that time. Now the time that people want, that time that people did invest, like a lot of people that didn't talk to me invested at that sixty thousand. Yeah,
0: and like, at February. Yeah. yeah, February. And that's
2: when I was like, that's when I was actually cautious. And I was like, this, I'm kind of cautious about where we're at right now. Is it a good time to invest? I mean, it's always a good time to invest, but is it a, is it really the best time
0: to invest? Mm. So I, I want to talk about this, and you're the perfect guy to talk to about this. I was saying yeah. the only two the, the only two people that make money in Bitcoin over the long run are people that buy and hold in and exchanges, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was having a conversation in the parking lot, right, with somebody else who, because if you're talking about crypto, I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. right? And he wanted to know why the price of Bitcoin was stagnant, right, for four months right? All all pretty much, you know, April, May, June, July, right? Why, why it just stayed between 29 and 39. That's, it's pretty much where it lived, right? And I said, I have a theory on this. The two people that make money are the people that buy and hold and exchanges. And the reason it went up to 64,000, right? In February is because uh, so many people were actually buying uh, and trading on margin, on credible margin. Right, yeah, and what ends up happening is the exchanges will create a situation where you they'll, they'll, they'll create a fast, I, I believe this. They create a flash crash where the price goes so low for a moment that your collateral is liquidated. You yep. you turn on your computer and you have nothing. And whether you're shorting Bitcoin and it goes up, right? They you get liquidated, or whether you're long yeah. on Bitcoin it goes down. So now we have a situation where all the people that were pushing the price up artificially to sixty four thousand, they're gone. And the only two people that are actually holding it are are hodlers, people that hold forever, right? And and exchanges. And now the reason it's starting to go up, you know, recently in the forty five to fifty range, is because institutions are now buying it in mass. Because right now on exchanges, right, and this is this is uh, summer of twenty twenty one, there are only eight hundred thousand bitcoins available for. Uh, for sale right and that's that's not a lot so can you can you comment on on the accuracy of my statement or if not
2: yeah no it's pretty accurate at the end of the day most people was it 70 80 percent of people fail at trading and this is why this is why i said i have to learn i said there's 20 percent who are successful (laughs) and that's like for me that's all i see it right i like i'm like what are the 20 percent doing what do they know? You want like to
0: like patience. You wanna, you know. You want you want the same same analogy is professional poker. Yeah. Same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Y- you have to lose. You yeah. have to. You have to. And, and and people would say to me, what's the what's the most important thing about being a successful poker player? Do you know what the answer is? How to take a loss. Learn how to fold. Yeah. Learn. learn fold. So so you See, emotionally and viscerally, we're talking about you because the thing about trading and poker yeah. is money is the tool and the reward. Yep. Right? Yep. In, or, in, right. Order, in order to live, you need to be willing to die. I'm all in. Yep. That's, uh, you could say, right. say the same thing about recruiting, David. Right? <clears throat> well, how can I say it when you just said it, David? Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, <laughs> you could. So, I mean, you got 20% uh, that make it, really. It's 80% turnover. <laughs> right. One out of five that come in, make it.
0: Yeah. The worst thing yeah. that can happen for you is if you come into recruiting and make a placement. I made, I made my first placement, like, literally first week. First week, yeah. I found found wrote the job on day one. I'm not going to get into this. It's
1: euphoric. It's euphoric. Yeah, man. but 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 it's, it sucks uh, in. It's no, it's, it's it's a complete up and down. It's a so I mean the best thing that David ever advised was look, man, it's It's the highest of the highs, lowest of the lows, and you just got to stay right in between. And chop
0: off the bottom, chop Manny. So basically, you know, this really isn't the show on on how to get trading. It's a bit about crypto, and you've talked a yeah. bit about crypto. You know, for our audience, people who are learning about crypto, who want a job in crypto, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Wanting a job in crypto. Hold on a second. Manny, we got to go. We have to have a word with our sponsor. And a bit about crypto is brought to you by Travis. Who's it brought to you by? (laughs) Blockchainrecruiters.net. Yay. And speaking of blockchainrecruiters.net, that's me and David. And so really this week, I have a senior investigator. Right, so if you're looking for a senior investigator who actually investigates uh, crypto and blockchain, it's great. He's so smart. So if you if you got a project and you need a senior investigator, uh, call me. Uh, and you like I said, you get me a David J at BlockchainRecruiters net 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 net, not the other thing that starts with the C. All right, and I have a search for a director of cyber intelligence. and I'm not going to go into what that is. If you think you're qualified for it, call me, David. What do you got?
1: Uh, I got a search for a uh, blockchain data engineer. I uh, got another one, so that, that's a pretty hot ticket item right now in terms of the searches. And I got a AML officer ro- ro- role as well.
0: Someone doing the KYC and money laundering. Yeah, yeah. So like a compl- I, I
1: may have someone I like have in mind com- for that, like
0: a compliance person for yeah. the
1: bank. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really I think yeah. Yeah, it's related to compliance, but not necessarily.
0: So you guys all, if you, if since you, if you're not living in a cave, you know that's for an exchange or somebody who wants to be an exchange. So anyhow, Manny, what would your advice be to people? Or just in general, about what do you see the future of crypto? I'm not talking talking from a standpoint of trading and investing. I don't think trading is for everybody. As you can see, Manny he took he took immense losses and he's learned it this this craft for four years. Right, so this is not something you can do in a week and have consistency. Because he even admitted he was he was winning a little, but he didn't know why he was winning. Right. Yeah, so now now he knows why he's winning and now he knows why he's losing. Right. And he can actually mitigate the losses and put himself in position for us to make the gains. And that's probably what he's doing. So wh- how do you see the future of cryptocurrency in the world right now? Summer 2021.
2: Um, I think it's going to be huge. I think the t- actual technology is going to be huge. I think with blockchain, I think right now what we have with the regulations that are coming through, um, like the infrastructure bill and all that stuff. I think that's going to be very interesting because even down to the timing of that, it's going to be like 2023 uh, when they vote on that. Or when they vote on it, it, will be the end of this year, but the implementation won't be till 2023. I think when it comes down to like blockchain technology and cryptocurrency, I just think it's going to be part of our regular day basis, right? Like I think as we progress into future technology, it will be part of our regular conversation. It will be part of our regular everyday thing. Like I remember, I remember talking about this in 2017. That you can plug in, you can eventually be able to plug in a Tesla and mine with it, right? And use it as a proof of work. Right. Like these are all things that are very plausible and are probably going to end up happening. Where crypto mining, uh, blockchain technology, it's all going to be part of our everyday existence, and that will also cause the the whole uh, volatility factor that is really good about it. Well, that will, I think a lot of the volatility wound up leaving as we continue with regulations because the volatility was what makes it fun. But then when there's no real volatility, it's not as fun. It's still fun. I mean, like there's still going to be volatility somewhere. It's just that you won't have as much volatility because it's just going to be talking about exactly what we're talking about, which is technologies uh, and how they're changing the world.
0: Manny, I want to just tell the audience that when we first met, when you came up to me, you said, hey, you're a recruiter. And I said, yeah. And you said, hey, look, I need somebody for a charity. Right, And so I don't feel like you actually are fraudulent. I believe you you were that. You transformed and you had a metamorphosis. You went from the caterpillar to the butterfly. And I really appreciate the vulnerability and just the heartfelt honesty about your story and not trying to sugarcoat it as something else and the causations that caused that and who you are now and how you're trying to be, how you're trying to occur on the planet. You really inspire me. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Travis, my engineer, thank you very much. You're welcome. Faithful companion, great friend, robo-recruiter Dave Hampton, thank you so much. My pleasure. And as always, you know I'm David James, the job whisperer. Remember, everybody, get whispered.